Hello, this is Josh Christman, pastor of the Anchor Church of Cambridge, located in Cambridge, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life that God has called you to live. 2 Kings 4 and verse 8. If you have it, say amen. If you're reading it from the screen, you didn't bring your Bible, say amen. And then after we read this, we're going to turn to 2 Peter chapter 1. And start at verse 5. 2 Kings 4 and verse 8. And it fell on a day that, that Elisha passed to Shunem, where was a great woman. Somebody say she was great. Do we have any great women in the house today? Amen. And she constrained him to eat bread. Now, I don't know, because uh, that word constrained means that she, she tried with great diligence to convince him to eat bread. I don't know very many men where they have to be begged to eat. <laughs> Come on, Brother Mike. We like to eat, don't we? Big old fat cheeseburger. Amen. I don't know, bread maybe not, but a cheeseburger. Amen. I'm stopping for sure. Man, tough crowd this morning. And so it was that as oft as he passed by, he turned in thither to eat bread. Once the door was opened to the prophet, Every time he was in the area, he swung by the Shunammite woman's house because she got good bread. Amen. And she said unto her husband, Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God, which passeth by us continually. Okay? It started out sporadically, but it began to be more often. Right. Let us make a little chamber, I pray thee, on the wall. And let us set for him there a bed and a table and a stool and a candlestick. And it shall be when he cometh to us that he shall turn in thither. And it fell on a day that he came thither and he turned into the chamber and lay there. And he said to Gehazi, his servant, Call this Shunammite. And when he had called her, she stood before him. And he said unto him, Say now unto her, Behold, thou hast been careful for us with all this care. What is it to be done for thee? Wouldest thou be spoken for to the king or to the captain of the host? And she answered, I dwell among my own people. Amen. I don't need anything from them. And he said, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily, she hath no child, and her husband is old. 
And he said, call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, about this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, nay, my Lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare a son at that season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. Amen. I want to I want to preach to you on this subject this morning. Making room for your miracle. Making room for your miracle. Let's read 2 Peter 1, 5 through 10. And beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things... Ye shall never fall. Wow. Amen. Elbow your neighbor now and tell him, add to. Amen. Making room for your miracle. Why don't you lay your Bibles down, lift your hands to the Lord. In the name of Jesus, come on, ask him to speak to you right now, right where you're at. Come on, this is the moment in the service where you open your heart unto the Lord. If it hasn't happened yet, it needs to happen right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, I'm yours today. Speak to me, God. Speak to my mind. Speak to my spirit, Lord. I pray for guidance, Lord. I pray that you would minister to every need in the house today. I pray that your anointing would flow unrestricted and unrestrained, God, without limitation. I pray that you would do in this house those things that we cannot do ourselves. And we'll give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord. Praise God. Can you give me a little bit more in the monitor, please? I fell on the day. Okay. It fell on the day that Elisha passed through Shunem. Now, um, in life, there's seemingly times where things happen by chance. Uh, I don't believe that God operates by chance. Amen. I believe that, that God operates by His divine word and His divine will. Amen. I don't believe that there's any chance involved with God. Amen. I, I, somebody say, well, well, let's just leave it to fate. Uh, I don't believe in fate. Amen. I don't believe in, in well, this is just my destiny. Uh, I don't believe in destiny. Amen. I don't believe that things are just going to happen that way. Amen. I don't believe that, that uh, I believe that if we, 
if living for God, let me just rephrase that for a second. In living for God, I don't believe that things happen by chance. If you're living uh, not for God, but for yourself, I believe that things are going to happen that you don't want to happen. Somebody say amen. But when there's a desire in your heart for the things of God and a desire to serve Him, I believe that God will make opportunity for you to do that. Amen. I believe that God will make opportunity for you to get what He has for you. Amen. The Bible tells us that no man cometh unto God except the Spirit draws him. Amen. The fact that you are here this morning is not by chance. Amen. Somebody say amen. Nobody's here by chance. Nobody's just here just because, I don't believe, just because you necessarily decided to be in the house of the Lord. If God wouldn't have been able to draw you and put a desire in your heart to be here today, I don't think any of you would be here. Amen. I believe that the Lord is responsible for every soul in this house today. If you believe that, clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. Amen. It fell on a day that when Elisha passed through Shunem. Amen. No doubt Elisha was on a strict schedule. Amen. Elisha was the prophet in Israel. Elisha was the one that the Israelites depended on to get a word from God in this day. Amen. He was traveling the countryside. And it, and it fell on a day where he passed through the area that the Shunammite was there. Amen. And she saw that Elisha the prophet was in Shunam. Amen. And any time that the prophet shows up, this is a great opportunity for me to, to, to fellowship with the prophet or to get a word from the Lord. And so she jumped on the opportunity to, to fellowship with the prophet of God. Amen. She, she, she constrained him to eat bread. She, she had a great desire to bring him into her home and to give him sustenance and to provide for him. Amen. She, she, she had a, a great desire to commune with him and to talk with him and to serve him. Amen. She took the opportunity to convince him to come into her home. Amen. Uh, it was on a day that, uh, that, that Elisha passed through that the opportunity existed. We have to understand today that today we have an opportunity that we might not have tomorrow. Amen. We have to understand that today we have an opportunity in the house of the Lord that we might not have next week. Come on. We have an opportunity this morning to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. We have an opportunity today to commune with the Spirit of God, with the Word of God, with the people of God, to worship God in the house of God that we might not have next week. And I have made up my mind that every moment that that I have every opportunity I get to be in the house of the Lord that I'm going to purpose my heart to get everything that I can from the presence of God. Elbow your neighbor and tell him, take advantage of it. Man, sometimes we can get so used to church 
We can get so used to the presence of the Lord. We can become so familiar with it that we don't respond to it the way that we used to. Amen. How many know that we need a fresh zeal for God? We need a fresh praise. We need a, we need a fresh response for the presence of God. Amen. We should never get used to when the, when the praises begin to rise and the Spirit of the Lord begins to settle upon us and we feel the anointing of the Holy Ghost. There should be a response on the inside of us. It should provoke of response to worship and to lift up our voice and praise God. Come on, why don't you stand to your feet, clap your hands to the Lord and praise Him. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hey man, you can sit back down. Sorry to wake you up. Hey man. She took the opportunity that was presented to her to get what she wanted in that day. Amen. To, 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 to draw just a little bit closer to the miracle that God had for her life. In that moment when she had a desire to, to give the prophet bread, it, was, it started as only that. Amen. It started as just a, a small desire to be with. Amen. A, a small desire to have him in her home. Amen. Just a, just a surface relationship. Amen. It started simple. It started in him just passing by. Amen. It started as, as just a, a brush of the presence of the Lord. Come on. It started as just a, a quick feeling of the presence of God. Amen. It started as, as the Lord just touching our mind and our life and pulling on us just a little bit. Amen. How many know that every relationship that anybody ever has with God, it just starts somewhere. Amen. It starts with a with a with just a small desire just to be with God or just to be around the Lord. Amen. Just to maybe get what we need in that moment. But how many know that every relationship with God will grow. Amen. If a relationship with God is not growing, then, then, you, then you're never going to receive your promise. Amen. We have to be moving towards God and desiring more from Him. Amen. It didn't end there. It didn't end with Him just coming one time and having bread. But once the prophet understood that she was open to serving Him and what He had to offer every time that He was in the area, He turned into the Shunammite's house because He knew he would be entreated with grace and with bread. I want to tell you this morning, you open up your heart to the Lord and he will not just come one time, but every time that he has a desire to touch you, he'll show up. Every time he has a word for your house, he'll show up. Amen. It became more frequent. He began to he began to pass by more often. Amen. Any time that he was in the, the region, he would swing by because he knew that there was something at the Shunammite's house that was attractive, that was drawing him there. There is, I'm telling you, our God is a jealous God. And our God doesn't desire to be with anybody that doesn't want to be with him. But if you'll show a little bit of, of, of wanting to be with God, if you'll show a little bit of desire to want to hear his word, to feel his presence. He'll take that as an open door and he will escalate that relationship in a way that will bring blessing to your house. Somebody say amen. Amen. He wants to add to your life. 
Amen. When there was an open door, the prophet walked through it. Amen. He desired to be, how many know that we desire to be in a place where people want us there? Have you ever went to somebody's house and you could tell they didn't really want you there? What's your hurry? Here's your hat. Right? You show up somewhere and, and you're not welcome. Can I ask you a question this morning? Is the Lord welcome in your house? Is he welcome there? Is there something prepared for him? Amen. Is, is there something that you're doing in preparation for him to come by there? Come on. And to dwell there? Is there, is there anything uh, that you're doing to make it more comfortable for him? He didn't come to her house until she wanted him to come there. You know, all the things that dwell in our house have been asked to be there. Some people say, I can't sleep at night. I can't... Uh, I have no rest. I can't sleep at night. There, I have. I have fear. I have. I have terror. I have. I have a worry. I have uh, all these things that are distracting me from being able to rest. But I want to ask you: Have you invited those things into your home? Amen. Understand that we have. We should have control over what occupies our house. How many know our houses should be a place of rest, a place of solitude, a place of prayer? They should be a place of, of protection and safety. Amen. When my kids uh, step into my house, I want them to feel protection and safety. Amen. When I get done at work and I'm, I'm done working through the day, I run to my house because I realize that place is prepared for me and for my family and for the presence of the Lord. And there's nothing that's going to live there that's dangerous or damaging to my family unit. Amen. We have control over it. We should have control over it. If we don't have control over it, we need to get control over it. Amen. What are you welcoming or allowing in your home? What are you allowing to be there? It's, what is coming across the television set? Come on. What kind of games are being played in the basement? What kind of things are your children involved in in their bedrooms? Come on. What kind of things, what kind of spirits are we entertaining? Come on. What kind of spirits are we allowing to invade that private place, that place of protection, that place of solitude and rest? I want to preach to a church today in the 21st century. We need to get control of what comes across that television. We need to get control of what we're allowing into our minds and into our hearts. Hmm. Elbow your neighbor. Tell him, get control of it. This woman had a desire for God to be there. Amen. She had a desire for more than what she's living. The Bible says that she was a great woman. Amen. 
That tells me something about her. She loved God. She was a great woman. She, she had a, a, a great life. Amen. With her husband. You know, you could, you could have a great life and something be missing. You know what I'm talking about. You can have all the money that you need and just something is missing. You can have a good relationship with your spouse and your kids could, could be good. And you can still have something missing. Amen. Sometimes, most times, things got to get all messed up before we realize that we need the Lord. But not all the time. Amen. It doesn't necessarily happen every time that way. There are, there are people that, that are living good lives. There are people that, that have good jobs. There are people that have good families, but, but, but they still are beginning to understand that this is, there, there's more to life than this. There's, there's more to life than just a good job and having a good marriage and, a, and having a good family and having all the things that this world can desire, amen, and give you. There, there, there's still something missing, amen. I believe that there are people under the sound of my voice that you've figured it out, amen, that you've figured out that there's a, uh, there's a good life, that, that you're living a good life, you're, you have a good marriage, you, you, you have everything that you could ever ask for, but there's still just something missing in your life, in, the, in your heart. There's still something that's not exactly right, and I'm going to tell you what that is. You might have great faith. You might have a great relationships. You might have a great home, but I'm telling you what's missing is a relationship with God. There are people under the sound of my voice in this city that God is going to pull on that seemingly have everything that they need. Somebody say amen. Amen. This woman had a great desire for the prophet. And to look at her on the surface, she had everything she could ever want. Amen. But she wanted more. There was something on the inside that she couldn't get past. There was, a, there was, a, there was an empty place. There was a void in her life that she, she couldn't get past. She, no, no matter how hard she tried, she, 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 she wanted God more in her life. She, she wanted something more from this life. I heard uh, Tom Brady say one time after he'd won uh, multiple Super Bowls, and, and he said, after I won this Super Bowl, I thought that something would be different. I thought after I won this Super Bowl that, 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 that the feeling of satisfaction would be there and total and complete fulfillment of, of fulfilling my dream and what I had. But after I won it, nothing changed. Amen. After, after I got what I was striving for, it didn't change anything on the inside. I thought I would feel totally satisfied by it. But when I got to the end of it, it was still empty. It was still just not, didn't reach the pinnacle of what I wanted or what I desired. And I wish I could have preached to him over the television set and say, that's because you're chasing the wrong things. That's because it'll never satisfy. That's because you need Jesus in your life. Amen. Anybody that's ever felt the Spirit of God fill them on the inside, they know what I'm talking about. Amen. Something was missing. So she had a desire, but it was still not exactly the way that she wanted it. You know, when God wants to give you something, 
Amen. He'll allow you to have a desire for it. And, and a lot of times we don't even really truly understand where it comes from. We think it's coming from us. I don't believe that. Delight thyself in the Lord. And he said, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Amen. And, and I, uh, when I used to read that, I used to think, well, God's going to give me what I want. Not necessarily. He will give you the desire that you should have. Come on. He'll place a desire in you for the things that are going to add to your life and bring value to your life and bring true happiness and satisfaction to your life. Does anybody want God to put some of the desires in you that are going to push you forward, that are going to cause you to reach for more of what God has for you in your life? Amen. And so the relationship began to grow. Every time he was in the area, he'd pass through. Every time he was in the area, he would, he would stop in. Amen. Every time we're in Newark, we got to go to La Paloma. I got one. <laughs> Amen. Uh, every, every time, that's where Becca grew up eating there. And so every time we, we go through Newark, how many have a restaurant somewhere that when you go to town, Somebody raise their hand. Are you awake? Elbow your neighbor. Say, wake up. Amen. Every time that, that we're in uh, Newark, we got to go to La Paloma or Longhorn Steakhouse. Now we're talking. Amen. And whenever there's a, des a desirable trait, you'll show up there. Amen. And when you show up, you realize that... that uh, more than just you has that desire to eat at Longhorn Steakhouse. Especially on Mother's Day. You want to wait for two hours, then, then you'll desire a place to eat. Amen. But, but, but understand, if there's good food there, there's going to be a line. There's going to be a crowd. If there's good food there, if, the, if, it's, if it's desirable, amen. How many know there's going to be people there? Somebody say Amen. And so he went where he was welcome. He went where he desired to be. He went where there was a desire for him to be. And I want to tell you this morning, if you have a desire for God to be in your home, in your life, he will show up. He will show up more frequently. He will show up and commune with you and fellowship with you in Jesus' name. Amen. But it didn't stop there. She had more of a desire. It wasn't just him stopping periodically wasn't enough. She told her husband, she said, we have this extra money set back, and uh, um, I, I want to do something, I want to do something for God. Uh, I want to, I want to build a chamber for the prophet. I, I don't want to just uh, have him come and visit. I want him to dwell here. I, I don't want him just to show up periodically. I want him to be able to stay. Amen. I, I want him to, uh, to have everything that he needs here and feel comfortable here so that he basically lives here. 
on, somebody. That he dwells here. That, that, that there's everything that he needs here to, to stay here. Amen. That, that whenever he wants to, that he can swing in here and he can stay for weeks at a time if he wants to. Amen. So she, uh, her husband was like, okay, all right, wh whatever, whatever you want. That's what a good husband says, right? All the, all the husbands said, mom's happy, everybody's happy. Mom's mad. What can I do to make you happy? All the men said, man, that wasn't hearty enough. That should have been, I mean, you should have been behind that. So she starts building a chamber for the prophet and everything that the prophet needs. He's got a bed. He's got a desk. He's got a candlestick. He's got a stool. Amen. He's got, he's got everything that he needs in order to feel comfortable in her house. Have you ever been to somebody's house and you didn't want to leave? You, you go there and there's such rest and peace and it's so comfortable and, and you you want to you want to stay and too many times you overstay your welcome amen how many know what I'm talking about when you is anybody but me when, when I used to go back after I moved out of my mom and dad's house I used to go back periodically and stay with them, you know. Let me know what I'm talking about. There's something about mom and dad's house. I, I just feel like nobody's with me this morning. Are you with me? Man, it's too quiet in here. Somebody just shake yourself and wake up. Do I need to do backflips or something? Now I do. I remember going back to mom and dad's house, and, and the moment you walk in the door, that smell would hit your face because it has a distinct smell. You know what I'm talking about? And the smell is comforting. You, you go in. I remember the house on Beatty Avenue that they lived in before, and they sold it. Now they're back on Beatty Avenue. But I used to love just walking in that house. Just the smell of it would bring comfort to me. Peace. Rest. I remember I couldn't find any rest when, when I was living where I was living. And so I'd go back home and all I wanted to do was sleep. Remember that? And I remember every one of my brothers and sisters, when they would come back home, there's a spirit of slumber that would fall on them. Because there's rest. There was rest there. There's comfort there. There's protection there. Amen. That home was set aside for the presence of God. Amen. There's prayer that went up in that home. There was a, there was a level of, of holiness and separation and protection. Just not anything was allowed through those doors. And when, so, so when you walked in that door, there was a level of, of comfort and rest that come over you. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Amen. There should be uh, something set aside for God. Amen. There should be a place set aside for 
for him in our hearts and in our lives that he desires to be with us, desires to be in our home, and desires to spend time with us. Somebody say amen. Amen. When the prophet would show up there, he would find rest. When he would show up there, there would be everything that he needed. He would have everything provided for him. When he showed up there, he knew that there was a bed available. Come on. When he showed up, he knew the resources that she, that she had was used to make his place comfortable or that place comfortable for him. Amen. I believe that some of us have reached a point in our walk with God where it's been a visitation up to this point, but God is wanting that, that relationship to escalate. He's wanting more from the relationship, but it's up to us. If we open the door to more from God, then God will fill it. If we open up an opportunity for God to be a bigger part of our family, a bigger part of our life, a bigger part of our home, then God will fill it with his presence and with his word. Somebody say amen. Man, I'm preaching hard. Does anybody desire that? Does anybody desire more? Does anybody want more from the Lord? He began to turn in and stay there and dwell there. Amen. There was a place set aside for him. She had made room for what God wanted to do in her life. Amen. And any time that you make room for God, he will give you what you didn't know you even wanted. Amen. There are blessings ahead of you if you're making room for God. There are blessings ahead of you that you didn't even know that you ever even wanted. Amen. There are things that he's going to bring into your life that, that you never desired or didn't even think to desire before. But because you made room for him, there are things he's going to do in your life because of it. Amen. Because when God comes in, he brings with him all of his purpose and all of the blessing and all of the fulfillment that is him with him. How many know that when Jesus come, he said, I have come that you might have life and life more abundantly when he moves into your house. He will bring life and wholeness and prosperity and blessing and safety and protection and deliverance. Come on. There's so much more to God than just a service relationship. There's so much more to God than just Sunday service. There's so much more to God than just preaching. Amen. There's so much more to the Lord than just operating on a surface relationship. God wants a deeper relationship with us. There's so much more. Amen. But understand that, that Jesus is a gentleman. He won't come in without an invitation. And he can tell whether or not he's welcome. If no preparations have been made. If, if no prayer has been made. If, if, if no work has been putting in, investment has been made into setting aside a place for him. Guess what? If you're okay without him, 
He's okay with you being without him. But when we start making decisions that make room for God, God starts filling the preparations that we made with who He is. The moment that we open the door, He steps in. The moment that we ask, we receive. Come on. The moment that we start seeking, we start finding. Come on. The moment that, that, that we knock on a door, the, He begins to open doors. Come on, somebody. How many know that God dep- is depending on us to make some steps forward and make some preparations and make some room for Him? And the moment we start making room for Him, then God will fill the preparations that we're making. Come on. This is a concept and a principle of God's Word because without faith, it's impossible to please God. For he that comes to God must be believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him and if you really believe it you're going to do it amen what is faith faith's a verb some some people say faith is just believing yeah you got to believe Yep, there's got to be a something that happens on the inside where you hear the word of God and you believe it. Amen. Where where you really believe it in your heart that yeah, that's true. How many have ever said that? When a preacher's preaching, somebody's teaching you and, and you heard it and you believed it. You said, "Yes, that's true." But if that's as far as it goes, how many know the word's not going to profit you? Because it's not mixed with faith. In order for the Word of God to profit us, what's it mean to be profited by something? Yeah, it does you good, right? It adds something to your life. It's value. It adds value, right? It profits you. There's profit in applying God's Word to your life. There's profit in making the steps that make room for God in your life. Somebody say amen. If you really believe it, you're going to do what? Do it. Come here, Brother Steve. Stand out here in front of me. You have no idea what I'm going to do. All right. I got a pistol in my pocket. Some of you are wondering if I really do. You don't know if I have a pistol in my pocket or not. You can't, you don't have x-ray vision. So, If you don't lift your hands up, I'm going to shoot you. See, he don't believe me. Because if he believed me, what would he say? What would he do? Lift your hands. Come on now, I'm just a criminal. If, if he believed me, he would do what? Lift your hands. There you go. Right? If he really believed that I had a gun and I was going to shoot him if he did not comply with the words that I was speaking, if he really believed that, he would take action and put to practice what's being said. Amen. Because he don't desire to get shot in the back by a pistol. Amen. Does anybody desire that? No. 
But so if you really believe something, there will be an action that goes along with what's being said. If you really believe what God's saying, if you really believe that adding God to your life is going to bring blessing, if you really believe that making room for him in your life is what you need to make your home what God has called it to be, if, if, if you really believed that being obedient to God's word would bring blessing to your life, you wouldn't just believe it. You would do it. You would apply it. You would exercise faith in it because that's what's going to produce the blessing of the Lord. Exercise faith in God's Word. Amen. When she saw that what she was doing pleased the prophet, she started doing more of it. Amen. She started making more room and, and more room. Amen. And now it's not just making room. I'm going to build something. I'm going to I'm going to put my hands to it. And I'm going to build something that's pleasing in his eyes. Come on. I'm going to put my hands and my effort and I'm going to make an investment in my home to make it a place that's pleasing to God. Come on. Am I preaching to myself? Am I just preaching to my home and to my family? Is there anybody that has a desire to, for God to dwell in their home and in their life and bring with him all of the blessings? Mm. I want what God has for me. Amen. Some of us are waiting on God. And God's waiting on us. Because He will only go as far as we allow Him. If, 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 he, if he steps into an area of our life and we resist Him, guess what He's going to do? What's, what's he going to do? He's going back. He's going back up. He's going to take his hands off. Amen. That's a scary place to be. And you say, well, I never told God not to touch my life. But what are your actions? Saying. What's the what's the saying? What's, what's the cliche? Actions speak louder than words. That's why Jesus said, you honor me with your lips. But your hearts are far from me. You're saying all the right things. On the surface, it looks like that you want me to be a part of it. On the surface, it looks like that you want me to, to be in your life. But your actions are telling me something different. Amen. Your actions are telling me that you don't want my hands on your life. Your actions are telling me that I'm not welcome in your home because you can't, you can't have it both ways. Amen. How many know that, that before the enemy can come in, he says, before he can take control, he must bind the strong man of the house. When the devil comes in, what's he do? He takes control. Amen. Have you ever... Had somebody show up at your house and they act like they lived there. <laughs> you walk in there. Open the door. 
go sit down in your best recliner. You're like, hold on a minute. That's my chair. He's eating my cinnamon rolls. <laughs> Just make yourself at home. Right? The, the, the devil, he's, he's, he's the worst friend that you could ever have. Because when he comes in, he just starts taking stuff. And guess what? He don't ask. Amen. Because if you let him in the house, then you're allowing him to have whatever he wants to have. Amen. And so those things that have value that you have set aside for yourself, that you think is going to be for you and you alone, if Satan's controlling your house, he's going to take it all, everything of value. He's going he's to hurt your children. He's going to kill everything he can kill. He's going to sit in your best chair and eat your cinnamon. your family. He's going to destroy your marriage. And he's not going to ask any permission because you let him be there. I want you to hear me, young men. If you're looking at pornography on the internet, you're asking him to be there. And you're not going to like the result that it brings. Oh, it got quiet. Amen. We need to understand that God sees what's happening in the private times of your life and you think you're getting away with it and that it's adding something to your life, but it's damaging your mind, your spirit, your body. You're sitting against your own soul. Get it out of your life. Amen. It's a messenger of hell. It's sit there to destroy your life. If it's on your iPhone or your Galaxy, Samsung, whatever, you need to get it off and expel it from your life in Jesus' name. Amen. Get it out of your life. Elbow your neighbor and tell him. Amen. God knows whether or not we really want. And it got quiet and it got awkward in here for a minute. Amen. But we need to understand it's oh, if we want God to live there, we're going to have to prepare it for him because he's not going to come in to a place that's filled with filth and disgust and sin and lasciviousness and adultery and fornication and uncleanness. But he's going to come in and dwell in a place that's set aside for the presence of God, that's set aside and sanctified for the presence of almighty God. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. This is serious this morning. Clean it up. It's time. Amen. It's time. If you don't like the result of what your life has been producing, make some room for the Lord. I'm telling you, make some room for him. Amen. Get all that other stuff out of the way and make some room for God. You know, our, our time is precious. Can you stay with me for just a few more moments? Our time is very, very precious on this earth. We don't, we don't have very much of it. We are limited in the amount of time. And we live like we got all the time in the world. Don't we? We live as if that we're going to have tomorrow. But the Bible doesn't promise us tomorrow. 
we have right now, and that's it. And our time is very, very precious, and how we spend it matters. You know that we're going to give an account for the look to the Lord for every second that we had breath on this earth. We're going to we're going to stand before Him in all of His glory, and we're going to give an answer. And you think he don't know? Just a while back, I learned something about my iPhone. Well, first great thing I learned is that you can actually block people. And I was like, man, where have you been all my life? You may know what I'm talking about. Now I'm not blocking any of you. Don't think I'm blocking you. Matt said, sure. Amen. But there are some things you need to be blocking. Somebody say amen. You can get on your phone. And there's this section of your phone where you can go to screen time. And it'll tell you how much time that you've spent on your phone during the day. Okay? Now, I want everybody that has a cell phone, I want you to get it out. Now, I know you don't spend very much time on your phone. Can't even get a hold of you. Are you, lo- are you looking at it? Go to the settings. It'll tell you, it's called screen time. It'll tell you how much time you spent with your screen on. Okay? And then it breaks it down. And it tells you how much time that you're spending on in each category. Whether it's entertainment. Facebook, Instagram, excuse me, video games, texting, researching on the internet, and it'll even tell you how long you spent on your Bible app. Right there. Now, If you got between five and seven hours of screen time, you need help. I don't know about anybody else in the building, but I don't have five or seven hours to be looking at my phone. And if I have five to seven hours to be looking at my phone, I need to find something else to do. And if you need a job, there are people that will hire you. Come on. 
You need to do something of value. How many know idle time is the devil's playground? And part of our problem is we're putting our time into things that are entertainment. But you're not just entertaining your mind. You're entertaining something else and allowing something else to have access to your mind, your heart, and your spirit. We need to do some rearranging. Come on. We need to make some room for God. We need to lay aside these screens and pick up our Bibles and kneel down in prayer and begin to seek God for our homes and for salvation. Somebody say amen. amen. Clap your hands to the Lord. He's worthy. Somebody say, turn it off. Amen. This is a hard message to preach. It's hard, to, it's hard to preach, but understand, uh, I'm responsible. Amen. I, I'm responsible to tell you what you need to hear. Somebody say amen. Some of us, it's not our phones that's the problem, it's the television. If you're a person and you're willing to admit that you have a problem with being consumed by television, raise your hand. There's a... Uh, uh, Nobody's going to. I, I, I knew it. I knew it. I pray for a spirit of honesty. <laughs> I'm one of those people. If I sit down to watch something, I get consumed by it. Amen. I get, I get pulled in. Has anybody heard of binge watching? You know, heroin's not the only drug that we need to get rid of. You know, they say that these are as addicting or more addicting. That when you look at this, that there is something released in your brain called endorphins. And you get addicted to that feeling. It's the same with watching entertainment or the entertainment or pleasure side of your brain. And so these shows are meant to attack that area of your brain to get you consumed by that feeling and that pleasure feeling. And you thought that the reason that you liked it was just because you liked the show or whatever. No, it appeals to that pleasure side of your brain. And the reason you're addicted to it is because of the feeling. They are brainwashing you. And so if you know you have a problem with it, and I'm the only one that raised my hand, so. So the Lord's going to forgive me. I don't know about the rest of you. We know whether or not we have an issue. Amen. If you're spending two or three or four hours a day watching the news, watching just a barrel of lies, you think they're telling you the truth? No. And you'll be mad at the world? 
and think that there's nobody good in this world. Amen. They'll turn you against black people. They'll turn you against white people. They'll turn you against the people crossing the border. Come on. They'll make you hate people. They'll try to divide the rich and the poor. And they try to divide the, the, the races. And they try to divide the different classes. And they try to divide homosexuals from the church. They try to divide everybody with their noise. Amen. Their chaos. We need to understand if we want a miracle from the Lord. And we're going to be what God has called us to be in this last day. We're going to have to make room for him. Get rid of it. Set it aside. Make some room for God. Make an investment in your eternal soul. Come on, stand with me all around the building and lift your hands to the Lord and say, God, I don't want to be lost with the world. I don't want to be deceived with the world. I'm going to turn off the voices of this world. I'm going to make room for you. I'm going to set aside a place in my life. I'm going to invest in it. I'm going to put money into it. Come on, I'm going to put my time, my effort, my energy into building a place for you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, I'm going to make room for you, Lord. Come on, let that be the prayer of our heart. I'm going to make room for you, God. I'm going to make room. I'm clearing some stuff out. I'm adding on to my home. I'm adding a place so that you can be, dwell there, so you can be comfortable there. I'm going to put all the amenities that you desire in my home so that you'll dwell there and you'll be there and you'll want to stay there. Come on to the music. My Bible tells me that God doesn't dwell in houses made with hands. But that our bodies are a temple of the Holy Ghost. That our bodies, let me say my body, I want to make this place a place that he wants to dwell. I want to make this place with all the amenities that draw the presence of the Lord to me, that attracts his grace and his mercy. Come on, I want all of the things to be a part of my life that the Lord desires. If you want more of the Lord this morning, and you want God to do more than He's been doing in your life, I want you to step out of your seat. I want you to come right down here, and I want you to stand across the front. Make room, make room. Scoot up close. Come on, I want more. I want more. I want more than what I've been experiencing. God, I want more in my life. Come on. Come on, I want to move. Come up a little closer. I want to move out of just a periodic visitation. 
to a place of dwelling and abiding. Come on. In the name of Jesus, every person, come on, make your way down here. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church of Cambridge podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up with our weekly sermons. If you are in the Cambridge area, we invite you to join us on Sundays at 11 a.m. Again, thanks for listening and we hope to see you soon.